Life's a game, the world's a stage, and we are merely roleplayers where theatrical people play role-playing games. I'm Matt Boothman, and I'm your compare for this main house production. Here on Merely Roleplayers, we improvise stories to entertain you, and to entertain ourselves. And we use role-playing games to keep the story going places even we can't see coming, because as theatrical people, we're all about maximising the drama. This episode is part of our current main house production, Vigil All Aboard. To tell this story, we're playing Monster of the Week, a role-playing game by Michael Sands, published by Evil Hat. So please take your seats in the main house. Tonight's production is about to begin. Vigil, a Merely Roleplayers main house production. All aboard, Act 3 of 5. I'm Ellen, and I play Jess Butterworth, the Spooky. Jess is a Sheridan local born and bred. A voice in the back of her mind keeps telling her she's bigger and better than this town. And what with her big brother disappearing, it's about time Jess showed Sheridan how badly it's underestimated her. I'm Nat, and I play Gwynedd the Divine. Gwyn was once a shield maiden of the triple goddess, the Morrigan. After interfering with one of her schemes by rescuing a mortal man, the Morrigan banished Gwyn to live life as a duck in what became Sherrydown's duck pond. Now released from her curse thousands of years later, Gwyn is trying to forge a new life as part of the local National Trust team, but is finding it difficult to stay under the radar. I'm Chris Buxy, and I play Calisterius Softbinding, the expert. Calisterius is a noted horror writer living in Cherrydale. While researching his latest novel, he discovered that monsters were real. He also discovered that fighting monsters is an excellent way to procrastinate when he really should be writing. I'm Marta, and I play Harper, the searcher. Harper came to England from the United States to escape the shadow world that keeps trying to pull her in. But in spite of her best efforts, weird things just won't leave her alone here either. If we were a Pied Piper ghost train, where would we ghost? As I feared, this is one of the rituals of the Endless Night. A ritual to open the doors between worlds. There is no mention of, like, a return trip. Endless Night are a bunch of douchebags. They deserve to be stuck in another dimension. Wherever your cultists have gone, it might be where some of my sisters are. I gotta get out of this town! The train is suddenly descends vertically downwards into the ground. Now that you're actually aboard the train, it's lost that kind of uh, ghostly lit by streetlights cast that it had. It just seems like you're on an old fashioned train now. It has wooden benches, rows of wooden benches facing each other. You can see through the door into the next carriage that that one seems to have uh, like compartments with sliding doors. But as it moves with that eerie darkness outside of the windows, there are occasional flickers of the lamps and each time the lights flicker out and back in it's like the train is updating becoming more modern each time oh hmm interesting you said that we were um it was plummeting downwards do we feel that do we feel like gravity is at the front of the train rather than underneath us 
Great question. No, you uh, you felt the weird lurch as it turned to plummet into the ground, but now it just feels like the the gravity is still towards the floor of the carriages. You're not tumbling towards the engine. Sure. Okay. Can we see anything out of the windows? If you look really, really closely, kind of right up to the window, cupping your hands around your eyes to to look through the windows, you can just see the texture of of earth blurring past at incredible speed. Mm. Okay. Okay. I have a super dumb question. But yeah, are any of the windows openable? No. They're all very much shut and they do not slide, they do not tilt. Okay. So we are actually, we're not going through uh, other realms, we're actually going into the, uh, we, we can see the, the ground to the side. Is there, is there usually a window at the front of the train? Yeah. Also, yeah. time, space, realm, it's, yeah, it's, don't trust what you see as literal fact. Uh, in my uh, not limited experience uh, doing this, not everything is usually as it seems, so we might not actually be, like, burrowing into the earth, per se, a la worm. Um, I am, however, uh, on that note, and very good question, gonna make my way to the conductor's uh, carriage? Is that what it's called? Uh, Where the person who drives the train should be. The driver would be in the engine, and it looked like, you know, who knows what it looks like now as the train is sort of slowly becoming more modern. But certainly when it was in the platform, it looked like there was no way to get from the carriages into the engine. You'd have to go like, you'd have to climb over the coal tender to get to the driver. The conductor would traditionally be in the back of the train. Hmm. But we got on the train near the front, right? Because we could see that the back went on forever, but we saw the engine. So presumably the door that is at the the front end of this carriage, or is there a door? At at that end? No, there's not. There's doors Ah, to the sides that would open at platforms, and there's a door at the rear end of the carriage that leads into the next carriage. But the wall towards the front, towards where the engine would be, is just solid. Oh, okay. Hmm. The lights flicker again, and now a a display appears in the ceiling of the carriage, a message scrolling across it, and an announcement plays. This is the delayed ghost train service to Fairyland. Calling at Sheridan, England, the Sunlit Uplands, Blighty, Albion, Avalon, Inferno, and Fairyland. I'm sorry, Inferno? Wow. We're really getting the tour. Why did it have to be the stopping service? All of the other names are names of old. Other names referred that this place has been referred to. Inferno. That's somewhere altogether. That's somewhere different. Right? It doesn't sound very promising, that's all I can say. Um, Would Harper know the name of her place? Her other place? Does it have a name? Yeah, Sombra and everybody that you met there just referred to it as the Shadow. The Shadow, Grant. So that's not a stop on this particular train. Good to know, good to know. So, Sombra, any any of these locations ring a bell? Have you been to any of them? Any insights on what the hell is going on? You know... You might be surprised by this, but I like the sound of those sunlit uplands. I heard something about that place. Seems kind of, you know, despite the name, seems kind of gritty. Kind of our style. Right. Okay. Well, that's stop number one, correct? The connecting door into the next carriage opens. 
Ooh. A small, hunched, incredibly ancient-looking woman with skin, the texture, and colour of a tissue at the bottom of a handbag, <laughs> wearing an old-fashioned train conductor's uniform and with a ticket machine slung on a strap across her, comes through and turns around and makes a big business of getting the door shut again behind her. Turns around to face all of you, straightens her uniform a little, settles the ticket machine on her hip. Passengers from Sheridan, England, is it? Where to, dearies? Uh, yes, that's that's right. That's, that's where we've come from. We were looking for some friends of ours. Um... You may have come this way just now. Uh, whereabouts did they get off? Can you tell us, please? Oh, I don't remember every passenger on the ghost train, dearie. Uh, what about the last passengers to come through? It would have only been a few minutes ago. Roll investigate a mystery. So, yeah, I've got a, a nine. Okay, so you get one question off investigate a mystery that she can answer for you. Where did it go? So where did they go? Let me see if I can find out. And she sits down on one of the benches and hoiks her ticket machine onto her knee. It looks like a kind of heavy contraption. It's got like typewriter keys on it for her to type out tickets. And she starts going through like the ticker tape, like the receipts coming out of it. Uh, looking at the, the stubs she has of old tickets. And some... <laughs> It doesn't look like you know. There's only sort of three or five tickets on there. It looks like she's trying to find this out by going through practically every ticket she's ever given in her life. <laughs> mm, mm, oh yes, uh, most recent tickets seem to be for oh yes, end of the line, dearie, all the way to Fairyland. Ah, oh, thank you. Uh, four tickets to Fairyland, then, please. Right you are, love. She taps away at the ticket machine and four tickets uh, eject out of it that she hands around to the four of you. Thank you. I, I have a question actually about um, the... Can you tell me more about if we wanted to go to the Sunlit Uplands, why would we want to go there? What are they about? Oh, I mean, it takes all sorts, doesn't it, dearie? Some like the sunlit uplands, some prefer blighty, some like it in fairyland. If you were the sort of person that liked the sunlit uplands, I'm sure you'd want to go to the sunlit uplands. But if you don't fancy it, then I'm sure you wouldn't fancy it. Can I, um, I, I would like to, I'm just trying to remember the list that the Morrigan gave me at the start of um, names of places and they, they definitely mentioned Avalon and Albion. Obviously I recognise Inferno and Fairyland mm -hmm. and the two that the Morrigan said, but in terms of the others, how many of these names does Gwyn recognise and do any of them strike me as a, well that's not a place? <laughs> um, you definitely remember that the Morrigan mentioned Albion and Avalon. Again, like you say, you know Fairyland, you know Inferno. Sunlit Uplands and Blighty are a bit newer. They mm -hmm. seem they are realms that potentially may have I think you would have become aware of them since your reemergence, but they okay. definitely weren't realms when you became a duck. They have almost like budded off the mortal mm -hmm. realm, as these realms tend to do uh, during the period of your duckdom. Okay. A follow follow up question. Does this train stop at anywhere that doesn't have a name? Oh, no, dearie. The train stops where it stops, and if you want to go somewhere else, you'll have to go to nearest stop and carry on on foot. All right. Thank you. And I... Hi. Hello. Uh, Hello, dearie. I, how are you? Uh, quick question uh, for me as well. Can we buy advanced tickets with you? Oh, to travel another day, you mean? Yes. Oh, I don't know if my machine does that. Um, would you mind trying? My job for is me? to to sell tickets to people who have boarded the train for the journey that they're on. Okay. Does she seem lonely? You know, like, or, or like, you know how these jobs, sometimes you win these jobs, you can tell their soul is a little cracked. 
Yes, I think so. I think you can tell that this is a person who has kind of become the job. Like, this is all there really is for her. Right. Well, I'm going to make the ultimate sacrifice. Um, <laughs> Harper is, anyways. I'm just... I am just so fascinated with trains and working on this train. And you must have the most incredible stories about the people that have come through this train, about the locations that you visit. And I feel like people who do your work are so frequently disregarded and ignored and that's just so wrong you know i would love is there is there like a refreshment card on the train can i sit down and like just hear some of these stories for a while so basically i'm just gonna offer <laughs> um to do what what harper does which is like tell me everything just just un unload I i'm sure you know, you you want some uh, connection or some someone who pretends to give a shit. <laughs> Incredible, yeah, that that is a good enough offer for me. Roll two dice plus charm. Plus charm, yeah. All the while, Harper's like eyebrow is is doing the twitch. You know, <laughs> being like, uh, oh, this better be worth it. Okay, so that's nine plus one ten. She'll do it for the reason that you give her. Oh, bless you, dearie. Oh, yes. Oh, now, if we take on any new passengers, I will have to break off and uh, and go and, and see to them. But, uh, mm -hmm. oh, yes, I would appreciate the chance to take a little weight off my feet and sit down and, and tell or just have somebody listen. It's so rare. Mm. Yeah, she actually leads you into the next carriage but like leads you through the carriage with the sleeping compartments and through to like a restaurant car. Yeah, and I think Harper is gonna like make eyes at, at Gwyn and be like, Oh yeah, Gw Gwyn was gonna come anyway. Gwyn was like, yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I like, like you story times around a fireplace. Her face is like, you wanted information? Please don't make me go through this alone. <laughs> <laughs> There's something, um, something that I'd like to do, but I've, very specifically wait for the, the ticket lady to leave uh, I think I'm I'm going to follow but I think I've just been wandering around inspecting things by myself and when I see you guys leaving I'm like okay I don't want to be left out so I'm going to I'm going to follow you but just at a slight distance so I've now been left by myself I'm not sure I like the sound of the stop Inferno, and to be honest, Sunlit Uplands doesn't sound too great either. So I'm wondering about using some magic to try and bar anyone else getting onto the train. So if anyone had stayed, I would have discussed this plan with them, but uh, I've I've taken the fact that they've all gone, that they've agreed to it by acting as my distraction so that uh, <laughs> I can do it. So clearly everyone thinks this is a good idea and that I should do it. So Cal will uh, get out his all-purpose magical juju bag and he'll go round. Uh, he doesn't have to do every single door. It's sort of more of a, a symbolic thing, but he hopes it will extend, you know, at least over this immediate part of the train. So each of the external doors, he's sort of sprinkling some of the, the powder around the hinges, around the sort of catch, and just sort of muttering, closed for maintenance, closed for maintenance, closed for maintenance, as he's doing it. Great. Roll plus weird. Uh, I've got a nine. So the magic works, but there is a glitch. I think I will take uh, one harm from this. Oh, okay. As I'm fiddling with one of the, as Carol's fiddling with one of the catches on the door, it suddenly swings open, and in a panic, <laughs> I sort of um, slam it shut and then slam it on my hand, um, and I sort of pull my hand back in, get it shut, and uh, complete the ritual. But. Uh, yeah, so I've sort of trapped the hand in the door. Uh, it's been scraped across what appears to be dirt, moving past at very high speed. So, yeah, some uh, nasty, at least superficial injury to uh, my hand. Yep, take one harm. Uh, but other than that, the magic does work, uh, and you can feel with your expert esoteric knowledge that the effect you wanted has taken hold. Cool. You just pissed off a lot of mystical commuters. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but they're they're stuck at the stations. That's not my problem. They're not going to be. Do you know when you has this ever happened to you? 
have a, a train arrive and not stop because that's happened to mm-hmm. me a couple of mm-hmm. times and you're like ah and it just keeps going you're like um but why <laughs> then i guess not <laughs> <laughs> All right, lovies, and welcome to 2023. It's me, Matt, your compere. While the players are getting ready for their next scene, why don't you and I take a quick look at the programme? Some great news to kick off the new year. Marta da Silva, who you're hearing in this production as our searcher, Harper, uh, has been nominated for Best Debut Performance in the BBC Audio Drama Awards for her role in a BBC Radio 4 courtroom drama called Bard. As far as I can tell, Bard is not available to listen to at the moment, uh, but Marta is certainly available on social media if you want to drop her some congratulations or leave them care of the Merely Role Players accounts on Instagram or Tumblr. Next, I want to point you towards... Another star in this vast constellation of role-playing game actual play podcasts that we are a part of, a show called The Deck of Many Aces. Deck of Many Aces is a Dungeons and Dragons actual play. There's a lot of those around, but Deck of Many Aces is the only one I'm aware of that's made by asexuals and aromantics, hence many aces. Set in a custom setting on the cusp of a technological change, And each of the four main characters has a fate tied to one of the cards in notoriously mischievous D&D magical object, The Deck of Many Things. Check out program notes for this episode for a link to Deck of Many Aces, or just search for Deck of Many Aces in your podcatcher of choice. Welcome, I'm Bastet. I'll be running your operation. The project's official name is the Adventurer's Research of Abnormal Civilian Experiences, or Project Arrowace for short, to investigate the unusual occurrences that have been happening everywhere recently. I've hired you all for your uh, indisputable military prowess. I'm going to be honest, I think we should run. Your academic expertise. I don't know, I'm not a wizard in real life. And your hands-on experiences. Tentacles belong in the ocean! I did lose, I also lost all my food, so Delphi, in a few hours you might start looking really delicious. Oh! Okay. <laughs> Can everyone please roll for initiative? Oh. I nearly cut so hard. <laughs> Deck of Many Aces is an actual play podcast made by an all-aromantic and asexual cast and crew. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever else you listen to podcasts, releasing every other Friday. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Deck of Many Aces. Now please take your seat once again in the main house, where Vigil All Aboard continues. In the restaurant car, the conductor is in full flow, telling Harper tales and stories of a a lifetime spent riding the rails between realms, uh, the beings she met. And she's just reaching the point where she's talking about all of the the fallow years where the ghost train uh, wasn't running. Mm. There is some information I'd like to, number one, learn a little bit more about the sunlit Uplands specifically, and f- f- fairy, fairy town, fairy. Du- where are we going? Fairy town, fairyland, fairyland. That's number one. Um, the stuff about the train specifically, whether it is a sentient entity, if she knows who made it, who runs it, you know, if there's any kind of, if there's any kind of train company <laughs> behind it is there a great west is there a great spiritual western situation going on you know something okay. to, about the nature of the train and then finally uh yeah how frequently or how frequently people like us so more hu- hu- on the human side type of passengers come along if it's frequent or infrequent etc and also if this is the only way to travel between these realms mm-hmm. Meaning that any time the the Fae have sort of flipped over into our realm, they've had to get on this train, or do they have their own ways of also? Sure. Yeah. 
I mean, I cross through a revolving door, so mm. <laughs> yeah, potentially there's more than one way of doing it. I'll give you the bullet points uh, mm. rather than trying to do it all in little old lady speak. <laughs> oh, Matt. We'll, we'll summarize we'll summarize this conversation. Yep. She tells you, first of all, that it, it, it hasn't always been a train. This is the, the way between worlds uh, and it has taken other forms throughout history. There has been a long period leading up to sort of recent years when the way was shut and it didn't run at all. This is the main way to get between realms. So for like an average denizen of any realm, their only way to cross cross the borders would be on the train or, you know, whatever it was in history. But there are other beings with other ways, you know, you have a backdoor into shadow. Uh, Morrigan has ways of getting into fairyland and, and other other realms um, that don't involve the train. But it, unless you're like a, a a powerful being, generally the train is the way to do it. And the sunlit uplands, she doesn't actually know all that much about because it's quite new and like it's mm. kind of it's formed as a realm during the period when the train wasn't running. So it's kind of a new stop for her. She hasn't been there much. But dearie, as far as I can see, looking at it from out of the windows, it looks lovely. But uh, I don't know what you'd find if you scratched the surface. Mm. Yeah, isn't that always the case? I would just, yes. I, I think, like, we are otherwise engaged today but i would love a chance to visit um and so yeah if you could somehow find a way or point me in a way where i could get a ticket for the sunlit uplands just in case you know i (laughs) feel the whimsy and decide to travel there in the near future that i could do so maybe oh well dearie all you would need to do is get on the train summon the train get on and you could get your ticket to the sunlit uplands then yeah, I guess you're right about that. Um, I just, yeah, I feel like I don't necessarily fill out the prerequisites for doing that the way, you know, these Mondays do. Um, I, I'll uh, tell you what I'll do, dearie. Mm-hmm. Since you've been so nice sitting and listening to all of all of my silly old stories, I'll print you a ticket here for, for the Sunlit Uplands and I'll make a little note on it in Byro. That it's an advance for for future travel. I would greatly appreciate that. That would be very kind. Thank you. If it's me on the train on that day, then then you'll be in luck. Anybody else, you might have to... I'll try and put the word out, but you might have to make a case for yourself. Right. Oh, so there's more than one of... Oh, you don't think I, I work on every single journey of the train, do you, dearie? Oh no! I am so glad to hear that. I yeah, I thought they might be um, overworking you. That's good to hear. I'm so happy for you. (laughs) She again taps on the ticket machine and prints you out a ticket and like meticulously crosses out the date and scrolls something that is to you completely illegible on it in Biro and hands it to you. Fantastic. Well, I'd I'd better get back to my duties, dearies. But you do have a nice journey now. Oh, oh, oh hold on, just one second. Um, did she go into any details at all about why the service stopped running, or when, the time the time frame of that? She seems a little hazy on like time frames that line up with mortal realm years. Mm-hmm. 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 So, you know, she's talking in terms of like, oh, time immemorial and ages past, rather than uh, specifying years or decades. She says something along the lines of, um, oh, well, we don't stop where we're not wanted, dear. Hmm. What she makes clear is like, it's the mortal realm that they stopped stopping at. So the train hasn't completely stopped it's just not been stopping in the mortal realm for a long time Mm. which makes sense as to why it's sheridan is the specific stop in the mortal realm because we're starting to make those connections again Mm -hmm. maybe 
So yeah, she gets up and she shuffles off further towards the back of the train, out of the restaurant car. I think Harper would just like to very quickly, before we end this whole thing, just turn to Sombra and do a, a sort of a note to self, mental note for later. Um, we need to look into this train situation, this this inter-realm travel thing, uh, back home. I want to know if if there's any entry points back home or in the shadow, actually. I always, I always love, love seeing, seeing your process, process at work, work detective. detective. What is it in particular that uh, makes you want to go to the, the sunlit uplands? Oh, I just, I don't know, something about the name kind of makes me feel some type of way. Um, my place is kind of d devoid of sunlight. Um, so I just find it, I just, yeah, I just find it interesting, you know, the, the contrast. Uh-huh. Yep. Uh-huh. Also new, <laughs> you know. Quill is just kind of like staring you down with these big green sparkly eyes, just like, uh-huh. And what actually? Uh, well, this is uncomfortable. I, okay. Harper's just going to be really like intimidated and weirded out for like a half a second. And then she's going to go back into her like blank mm -hmm. stare of like, okay. And then literally just slowly point to her shadow. Um, so yeah, she's just gonna like point at Sombra, shrug. Okay. So it's not to, not to do with uh, some secret plans you have. It's just your shadow wants to go there because it's sunny. Pretty much. All right. <laughs> okay. Well, that was great. The train comes to a sudden halt. It's not like when it moved off at first, like it moved off at sudden speed, but you kind of all kept your feet. This feels like it has slammed on the brakes and come to a sudden halt and you're all kind of thrown around the carriages out of your seats. Ah, uh, in instantly kind of stood up, looking Honey. around, look out the window. Out of the windows, there is light for the first time. It is a kind of a dim, sickly, almost yellowish light. Uh, and you can see the windows are a little dirty, but you can see kind of a concrete wall uh, a few meters away. So it looks like there's a platform and then a concrete wall. And the doors all swing open. Oh, oh no. Jess is going to poke her head straight out. Can she see any like uh, signage? Jess pokes her head out of the door and you see that the train has stopped at a dingy underground platform. The platform and the wall opposite are concrete lit by horrible, like flickering yellow strip lights. And there is a sign uh, or there are letters bolted onto the uh, concrete wall. D E P and then a kind of a lighter patch on the dirty concrete in the shape of an O, and then a letter T. Depot. Depot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and Jess, as you, as you specifically poke your head out of the door, Kit pokes his out, head out of the door as well, sort of you know, like Scooby-Doo style just below you. Mm -hmm. He seems to be listening intently. Kit, what is it? So this is where you've been hiding, is it, you little rat? I should have known. Jess, mate, we're going. What? This hasn't happened in-game before. Mm -hmm. So you tell us, what does it feel like when Kit takes over and... <gasps> manipulates your body and uses it like it's his own it's like that you know that head rush feeling you get when you've got like low blood sugar and you stand up too quickly and your heart pounds a bit and your vision goes a bit dark so that's the feeling but there's no recovery from it like that's what happens and she feels like she's 
kind of just being pushed to the back of her own vision or pushed to the back of her own mind. And she can still see out and she's still there, but it's like she's been muted. So the rest of you who can't see Kit just see Jess poke her head out of the door. You hear her say, What is it? And then pelted off down the platform. Uh, Jess? Jess! Dive after. And I'm assuming correctly that this is the this is the sun um remember the sun sunlit uplands? That was the first stop, yeah? According to the announcement, that's yeah, that should be the first place it's stopping. Interesting. Whether we got anybody who would like to read a bad situation, this might this yeah, might I be was... an appropriate time to do that. <laughs> I was gonna say, definitely gonna turn to Sombra and be like, This is where you wanted to come? Well, be careful what you wish for, kid. And definitely row the read about situation. Okay. <laughs> Not good. <laughs> uh, am I sharp? Yes. So three, five, and two. That's a seven. I'm Seven's just made not bad. It. You get to ask one of the read a bad situation questions. Yeah. Okay. Uh, my immediate thing is like, if we're going after her, I, I just want to know, are there any dangers we haven't noticed? As you, Harper, kind of lean out of the door of the train and listen, you can hear echoing from somewhere beyond this chamber a sound a little like the keys on the conductor's ticket machine, but magnified, multiplied, many, many more, to the extent that it almost sounds like hundreds of gnashing teeth. Somewhere kind of distant, but in this structure, in this realm, somewhere in the direction that Jess and Gwyn are fleeing. Okay, I guess we're going. Yeah, so gets make Sombra, you know, the whole mm. around her kind of situation thing again, and just uh, sprints after Gwyn and Jess. Cal, you were in a carriage near the front. Mm -hmm. Maybe you lost your footing as the... Uh, train came to a halt well can i read the bad situation as well absolutely go ahead i have got a 12 i've just very good Great. rolling today mm. yeah yes. you've got three questions and you don't have to ask them all this second you can hold on to some for sort of further exploration of the space if you'd like to okay i'm gonna ask what's the biggest threat the biggest threat lies ahead where your companions have run off to. And I, I don't know what it is about, maybe about something from Callisterius's previous magical dealings, or maybe the fact that he's a horror writer and kind of thinks the worst. But you get the sense that it's not an accident that the train stopped here. That okay. The train stopping in this place is something like all tied up with the Endless Night being kind of manipulated into summoning it like you've been brought here for a purpose that may not be good okay um my second question is going to be if i get off the train or if we all get off the train what's our best way out a couple of possible answers to this if you get off the train and it stays there then the train is your best way out if you get off the train and it leaves without you the best way out is Harper, who, as you know, kind of has precedent as a walker between worlds that she might have a way of getting home without the train. Okay. Carol's just going to sort of lean out of the window. Jess! Gwen! Harper! The, the bloody wards! And then uh, just run after them out the door. <laughs> Jess, you run, piloted by Kit, to the end of the platform where there is a, a concrete staircase leading upwards. Okay. It's still concrete, still lit by these guttering strip lights. He runs you up the stairs and into a long corridor. Nicotine-stained walls, scratchy, horrible, patchy carpet, 
drop ceiling with half of the polystyrene tiles missing and through the gaps where the tiles are missing there's just black nothingness it feels like a kind of neglected sort of 60s 70s office block slash government building Uh is the kind of vibe you're getting it's sickly it's not very it doesn't seem very clean and you can already see like corridors leading off in various different directions this place looks like a maze right can I try and um, communicate with Kit? You can communicate with Kit perfectly fine. Uh, you can okay. talk to Kit as normal. Um, if you want to try and resist what he is making your body do, then there's a role for that. At the moment, I think she's on board. Like, she's uh, as curious as he is. Um, she trusts him, but she's going to try and talk to him. Kit, Kit what's, what's going, going on? on? Who, who are we who chasing? Who's this, this rat? I haven't, I haven't, I haven't got wind of him in so long. It's weird. He's my other half. I didn't realise how split I felt without him. But back in the same realm again, we are going to kick his pasty ass. What? What? Kit? What other half? I thought I was your other half, Kit. No, no, you are, you are. We're partners now, I don't need him anymore. That's why we're gonna go and show him what for. He's... I'm... We're we're partners because we're different, because you're you're mortal and and physical, and I'm ethereal and, and, and magical, and we fit, right? Like two different pieces fitting. Me and him, we're the same. That's why we couldn't. We're the same, but we're different in all of the most frustrating ways. Oh, I can't wait to fucking knock his block off. Okay, Jess is feeling like weird and kind of excluded and a bit jealous. But look, Kit, everybody else, and like, what about Charlie? Like, what? I, I don't like this, I'm scared. And she's gonna just try and resist him just a little bit. Just try and get him to, like, focus on her instead of this, mm-hmm. just for a second. You feel yourself kind of slowing, even stumbling ever so slightly, probably allowing Gwyn to make up a bit of ground behind you. Uh-huh. As he kind of turns his attention inward and in this kind of strange version of your consciousness, you can kind of see his face uh, and speak to him. Kit, look, I, I don't know what's going on, but but I can't... We're looking for Charlie, and, and, and I don't know, there was something kind of... I don't know, I was excited about where I might go, and, and this doesn't seem like what I thought it was going to be, and I don't want to lose my friends, so can you, can you just, just take a second, please, and just, like, calm down? Because I don't know what's happening. Look, we'll find Charlie where we find Milton. He'll be at the centre of whatever it, whatever this is, whatever's happening here, whatever is happening with the train, it's got his stink all over it. So if you want to find Charlie, the best thing to do is to leave me in control. And he kind of counters that stumble, picks up speed once again. Okay. If it looks like Jess is going to start running into a labyrinthine sort of area and the others have not caught up, I would like to teleport in front of her and just sort of grab by the shoulders if you're okay with that Ellen I'm fine with that yeah, yeah I don't yeah. know if Kit will be <laughs> yeah Jess now uh, hold on let's wait for the others what, what, what was that about uh, I think I'm gonna try and come to the forefront and I'm gonna try and like speak through my actual mouth okay roll plus cool oh god uh, minus one cool oh that's a five so I'm like uh, uh. and that turns into uh, uh, out of my way and Kit's voice comes from Jess's mouth and he she they attempt to shoulder Gwyn aside and run on okay well they can try <laughs> <laughs> I think <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think as soon as I see that, 
I'm gonna go into like full on like gone from the shoulder grab into okay no like big like full body grapple wings around the duck is angry yeah (laughs) (laughs) I have an important question Jess yep have you got the gun on you yes I think I carry it in my satchel Kit pulls the gun from the satchel (laughs) and Gwyn you feel it you feel the barrel pressed into your uh, thigh. Is there a way to do like a point it away from myself? In, in I think it would just be an to... act under pressure. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And as Harper is running up to this situation... Yeah, yeah I think uh, now, that, now that Gwyn has stopped Jess in the corridor, Harper and Cal can catch up and this whole altercation can involve everybody. Have we heard Kate's voice coming out of her, or were we too far yeah, away? You that? definitely heard like a different accent to say out of the way. Yeah. Okay, so that's not great. That was a ten on my acting pressure. Nice. <laughs> Help me. So you managed to deflect. The gun goes off, but doesn't hit you. You managed to deflect, push his his their arm to one side and the gun goes off and the bullet uh, embeds itself in the concrete wall. Who are you and what have you done with Jess? Further down the corridor, a door slams open and you hear a shh. They'll hear. Stop making so much noise. Okay. Is there any way I could possibly... I don't know, because I don't know if Sombra has any kind of physical abilities to to interact with with the physical world we know that sombra can kind of act as like a shield for you right and, me, and can yeah. also give you some kind of hide you and give you a bit of mobility i'm not sure that sombra can like yeah pick she stuff can't up really do anything. anything so i would like to definitely like go full body armor like shadowy mm-hmm. body armor mode and my my fighting style is martial arts so i would like to try an unarm move on Jess. Sure. Just that really cool, uh, I can't remember the movie's name, but Jackie Chan and Chris Rock have this movie where they're both policemen and there's this movie like, yeah, Rush Hour, you know, the, the taking the gun move yeah. in Rush oh, Hour? Oh, yes, yes, yes. A yeah, really yeah. funny one. Yeah, uh, that's one of the most memorable things about that movie. Um, so she's going to try that uh, on Jess. Roll plus tough. This is going to be a kick some ass. <laughs> Not of good. <laughs> I mean, if it, if it helps, obviously, like, my intention with Gwyn's grapple is that I've got my arms sort of round mm-hmm. Jess and the wings have come out and around as well. But I guess if the gun was in Jess's right hand, then my left hand has sort of come loose from that hug to kind of push that hand up and out. So it's kind of there for the taking, really. Okie dokie. <laughs> it's a five. <laughs> <laughs> no, wait. No, no, it's not a five. It's a four minus one. It's a three. Oh. oh. Okay. Well, whoops. This is why we don't do this. <laughs> Harper comes in to try and do a disarm, but then we end up with the just this complex, messy kind of situation where Gwyn is half grappling Jess slash Kit, and Jess slash Kit has the gun, like, pressed into Harper's chest right over her heart. Holy shit. Kit says, drop me or I drop her. With a sense of smugness, Carol will think, this is, you know, I've seen this coming. I knew this was going to happen one day. I knew Kit was going to go rogue. And I'm prepared for this. So I want to um, attempt to banish a spirit from a place. Ooh, exciting. um, Not with the intent of obviously getting rid of Kit forever, but just sort of like returning control to Jess. As I've sort of alluded to earlier, I, I have contingency plans for a lot of the uh, sort of other hunters in um, uh, <laughs> Cherry Dad, should they go sort of rogue. And they're all sort of um, tattooed on my arm as sort of like, you can't see it under normal light, but I sort of just uh, quickly look around them. Oh, there it is, there's Kit, and sort of like flick the words of a banishing spell off <laughs> my arm, you know, into Jess's back. So I have nine in total. If Gwyn wants to help, we could get that to a 10 for no glitch. Okay, okay, okay. That is another nine. So you get the plus one, but I expose myself to danger. Which is great. That's how we, that's how we like to play the game. <laughs> <laughs> but the magic is fully successful and there's no glitch. Great. 
might pass over to Ellen. What does that feel like as Calisterius and Gwyn working together manage to just not completely banish or exercise, but just shunt Kit out of your body? It's a bit like when you drop on a roller coaster and your stomach goes vroom, back into yourself and suddenly she's sort of in the forefront of herself, like panting a little bit and feeling really queasy and shook up. <laughs> but she's in control, so she can let go of the gun. And I think she lets go of the gun in a sort of like flinging it away from her motion. Gwyn is sort of protectively like, let's go of the hug a little bit to see her face and see her eyes that she does seem a bit more relaxed and then sort of slowly lets the wings unfurl. Are we good? Jess, you see a couple of things as Gwyn is uh, doing this. Um, you see Kit stagger out of you and look absolute daggers at Gwyn and like put a finger that she cannot feel between her eyes and go, I'm going to get you. And then he tears off down the corridor by himself, leaving you behind. And as he runs, there is another figure coming the other way from that door that banged open earlier. A man in his late 20s, early 30s, in an old-timey train conductor's uniform, Hmm. coming towards you trying to be as quiet as possible, holding a finger to his lips. And Jess, you haven't seen him in some time. It's Tom. <gasps> it's your brother. I knew oh, it. Abby. I knew it. Oh, God. Literally wrote it in my oh, notes. My <laughs> <laughs> This has been Vigil, a main house production from Nearly Roll Players. It stars Natalie Winter as Gwyneth, Marta De Silva as Harper, Ellen Gould as Jess Butterworth, and Chris Buxey as Calisterius Softbinding. I'm Matt Bootman, and I play the supporting cast. Editing and sound design are by me, and the theme music is by Alexander Pankhurst. We were playing Monster of the Week, a role-playing game by Michael Sands, published by Evil Hat Productions. You can find Monster of the Week at genericgames.co.nz. Merely Role Players is a Foggy Outline production in association with Blackshaw Theatre Company. Until next time, if drama be the food of life, play on. Do we shoot Harper in her very first adventure? <laughs> you may, it's fine. Do, do we? <laughs> I mean, guys, I'm an American. Getting shot is kind of like, I'm used to it. Oh, wow. It's part of like stubbing your toe where I come from. <laughs> <laughs>